Run the Army's race in person at the Pentagon. Army 10-Miler General Registration is now open. Go to Army10Miler.com to register today. General Registration presented by General Dynamics. Register today at Army10Miler.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. As always, I'm Bryson Carver. Great to be with you on this Monday, following an eventful week three. There's no doubt about it. By the way, a great weekend in college football as well. Uh, I picked Notre Dame to be Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State as a person rooting for Notre Dame, albeit not a Notre Dame fan like my man John Rivera, uh, the Fan Perspective Podcast. Shout out to my guy. But uh, Notre Dame loses in the last play of the game to Ohio State on a run. It's just an unbelievable game, unbelievable ending. Colorado got dominated, but not a ton of college football talk, just all NFL talk. Very excited to get into uh, what happened over this weekend. Uh, obviously going to get to, and I already see my man Phil is in the comments. Big Cowboys fan here. He says, how about them Cowboys with a lot of, of live crying emojis? We will get to the Cowboys in the second segment. Definitely looking forward uh, to that. We're also going to get into um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, my Pittsburgh Steelers. You see I'm wearing my terrible towel. I'll take it off in, uh, until the Steelers segment. Uh, but some things I saw from Pittsburgh from my Steelers yesterday against the Las Vegas Raiders that I found very, very encouraging. Far more encouraging than the win last week against Cleveland. There's no question about that. I'll, I'll discuss that later in the show. As well as a range of other NFL games. Brandon Staley should still be fired. I don't care that the Chargers won. He should still be fired. Uh, what else? Uh, Mac Jones, another, another dirty play. I didn't think he could pull it off, but somehow, some way, he managed to do it again. I'll discuss that later in the show as well. And, of course, uh, we got another double dip. Not technically a double header, but a double dip of Monday Night Football action. We got Eagles, Bucks, and we've got a Super Bowl rematch. Rams, Bengals, tonight, uh, a little after 7 Eastern and a little after 8 Eastern, um, respectively. So, definitely a loaded and jam-packed show today. But first... This is one of the rare instances in which I have to go on Carving Up Live and admit I was wrong. I know it, it doesn't happen often, but, you know, there's the rare instances in which I gotta, I gotta call it the way I see it and call it the way it is. And I have to apologize to a certain quarterback because I have prided myself on, be it when guys come out of the draft or be it in the first year or two of their career, kind of be able to suss out uh, what they will be as, as a quarterback in the National Football League. I pride myself on being relatively solid at that. In this instance, I um, thought I was winning the battle last year. I've officially lost, and I've come to, to surrender to those who have come at me for so long. I was wrong on Tua Tungabailoa. Point blank. So I'm sure you saw yesterday, the Miami Dolphins... They did not beat the Denver Broncos. They did not even dominate the Denver Broncos. They, well, frankly put, they uh, they took the Denver to the woodshed, beat them up, took them out, gave them a breather, took them back in, beat them again. 70 to 20. That's a real score. This is not, it's funny, my sister actually texted me uh, late yesterday. She was watching the Packer game. I'll talk about Jordan Love later, but she was watching the Packer game. She texted me about the Dolphins score. She said, there's, there's no way this is real. I said, huh? No, it's, it's real. It's real. I think third most points ever scored in NFL history. Ten offensive touchdowns. 
Uh, ran for over 300, passed for over 300. It was an unbelievable performance offensively by the Miami Dolphins. Once again, led by Tua Tagovailoa, who had a masterful afternoon, by the way, against the coach in Sean Payton. And I love Sean Payton, but against the coach in Sean Payton, who said a year ago on Fox that Teddy Bridgewater would replace Tua Tagovailoa at one point. And that's probably an opinion that I held, I would assume, a year ago. Tua, 23 of 26. That's only three incompletions, if you're counting. 309 yards, four tutties. A QBR, no no turnovers, by the way. QBR of 89, shocked it wasn't higher. And a passer rating, the highest passer you can get is 158.3. Tua got 155.8. So darn near perfect. About as close to perfect as a quarterback could possibly play. Yeah, I was wrong on him. And what I love about Tua, I'll take the terrible towel off for the moment. I forgot to do that during the intro. I'll, I'll save it for, uh, for the Steelers game later. What I love about Tua is that, be it through improved coaching, be it through improved weapons, be it through an improved defense, improved offensive line, this year, running game, the guy gets better and better and better every year. Let's check the stats real quick. And again, the the, the 2023, some of these are a small sample size. He's got eight touchdowns this year. But look at this, this improvement... He's gotten better every single year. So 2020 touchdown since 2020 his rookie year's touchdowns have gone up every season. You see he's only got 8 this year. That's obviously going to skyrocket assuming knock on what he stays healthy. Interceptions. Two has never really been a high pick guy, so that's never been a problem. Only got 2 this year, so he should be fine there. Completion percentage from 64% to 69, down to 60, 65, up to 71. This year, yards per attempt, and this is a big one, folks, 6.3 is rookie year, and then the following three years since, 6.8, then a pretty good jump to 8.9, to now 10.1 yards per attempt. Yards per game, 181 is rookie year, 204 second year, 272 is his third year, 341 this year. And passer rating, and this is the big one, this is like the quarterback stat. 87 passer rating his rookie year to 90 to 105. Now, too, if you round up 122. Of course, he is the front runner to be the MVP of the league today, although given Patrick Mahomes' performance, albeit against the Bears defense, he can make a strong case as well. There's plenty of other guys around the league that are playing excellent. That's your MVP as we sit here today, at least. And that guy is undeniably a top 10 quarterback, albeit, or not albeit, uh, potentially a top six to seven quarterback. Accuracy improved. Arm strength improved. Uh, Two has always been, he was more mobile at Alabama than he's been in the NFL. Some of that's injuries sustained at Alabama, most notably to his hip. But Two has always been good at moving in and out of the pocket. Now he looks as comfortable as ever with the improved offensive line. I was wrong on this guy. And this is somebody, you know, take it from me. I was big on Two in the 2020 draft. But I said I thought Herbert would be the better prospect than both him and Burrow because I just loved Herbert's intangibles, his tangibles in terms of size, arm strength, the whole bit. And I still love Herbert. Um, and then I kind of bought out of two after his first couple of years in the league. Didn't love what I saw. And then here comes Mike McDaniel. Changes everything. And maybe I should have known that it was going to work. Maybe I should have looked past the fact that maybe he, does, he doesn't look like the stereotypical NFL head coach. Maybe he looks a little nerdy, but... Yeah, nerdy works in <laughs> a lot of professions, coaching being one of them. And by the way, the team loves Mike McDaniel. And of course, you had Tyreek Hill. And again, what makes yesterday mind-blowing, number 17, Jalen Waddle was not on the field yesterday. Jalen Waddle didn't play. He, he unfortunately had a concussion. Didn't play. 
and Tua still did what he did, albeit the Broncos were uh, proving themselves to be a clearly giving up 70 points, a bad defense. Tua didn't, I don't even think, played a single snap in the fourth quarter, understandably so. But this is, this is, you know, what you want to see from your quarterback year in, year out, the clear, consistent improvement year to year to year. Um, of course, the question for Tua is, can he stay healthy? Can he be ready uh, to go when the games really matter most? Last year, that was not the case. Again, knock on wood that he's able to stay healthy this year because I'm sorry, Miami is as big of a threat to Kansas City, who I still have as the favorite in the AFC. Miami's as big of a threat to them as any team, not in the AFC, in the National Football League, including San Francisco including Philadelphia, definitely, and we'll get to Dallas later, including Dallas. They run the ball, again, Miami's offensive numbers are ridiculous. So, uh, Raheem Moster uh, had 82 yards, had three touchdowns, six yards of carry. You had the one guy, I don't know how to pronounce his name, is it uh, Devon Akane, I think is how you say his last name, had over 200 yards on 18 carries, and two touchdowns. Dolphins ran for 350, passed for 376. Tyreek had a buck 57 receiving. Uh, Robbie Chosen, guys, changed his name a million times. He had a touchdown reception for 68 yards. I mean, what they, what they did to this Broncos defense, it, it's like it's like watching Ohio State against Cornbread State. It's unbelievable, and and what you know, a lot of people are crushing Denver today. I'll touch on Denver briefly in just a second. Sean Payton and Russ in particular. Obviously, most defenses in the history of the National Football League don't give up 70. I think this is only the fourth instance in which somebody has scored 70, if I'm not mistaken. But some of this is Miami's got a lot of diversity in their offense in terms of how they can beat you over the top, beat you in the short game, beat you in the run game, beat you up front in the offensive line. So a group that I, I didn't come up with this nickname, but I've certainly referred to this group as Tuanon. Come at me, okay? You, you've you got every right to come at me today. I'm not going to say I'm on your side because I'm not as crazy about two as, as some of you out there are, but I was wrong in this guy. Listen, this is a rare instance. It's rare instance I come on my show and admit I was wrong about a quarterback, but I can't deny what I'm watching. I can't deny what the film shows, and I can't deny what the uh, the progress that two has made. By the way, this is one of those instances. On, on, I'm not just saying this just because I'm admitting I'm wrong. Honest to God, I'm glad I was wrong on this one. Because Tua, to me, is one of the, we'll talk about Matt Jones a little later, Tua, to me, is one of the easiest quarterbacks, easiest athletes to root for, comes from a great family, has dealt with adversity, injuries, uh, really mature. Um, you know, personally, that this this is a, just a personal thing. He's uh, a man of faith. Uh, he seems like a great teammate, great guy. Again, as I, as I mentioned, as I showed the stats, he gets better every year. Tua is a really easy guy to root for. So if there's any quarterback I'm going to be wrong about, I'm glad it's this man. I really am. So props of the <laughs> props of the Dolphins. I'm I'm sorry. Let's uh, I'm sitting in a chair, but uh, you know, screw it. Let's uh, let's give a standing ovation to the Miami Dolphins for what they did yesterday. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Seventy. Holy smokes. Let's look at the comments here. Let's see. I got Patrick Brown. Uh, up in here, he 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 keeps bringing out, and this hits me personally because I, I I picked the Broncos to win the Super Bowl last year. Of course, I didn't this year. Patrick Brown, a member of the Grid Network, is in the comments. He says, "Broncos country, let's cry. Broncos country, uh, no more needs to be said." They drown in the Atlantic Ocean, and Miami has showed no remorse. He says, "Fun fact: Mike McDaniel is a Denver native, was a ball boy as well. Denver didn't bother interviewing them for their head coaching vacancy in 2022. They did not, and I'm sure they'd regret it." 
Uh, he says, not only that, Mike McDaniel used the MJ saying, and I took it personal. Uh, Vic Fangio was Denver's former defensive coordinator. It was a personal game for both coaches. And he says it was a college football score, which Miami fell two points shy of the league record. I kind of wish Mike McDaniel kicked that field goal at the end. Because if y'all didn't watch the game, they shockingly drove it down the field on Denver again, got into the red zone, and took knees. So they could have easily kicked a field goal, gotten to 73. No team in the history of the NFL has ever scored 73 points. A field goal obviously would have done that. But Mike McDaniel had a, a quote like, hey, we're not trying to break records, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I would have liked to see him do it. I really do. Something about that number 73, you know what I'm saying? Phillips in the comments, Dolphins are the best team in the NFL so far, dominating their competition. And it isn't like, you know, the teams that are in that discussion for best team in the NFL. The Niners are in that discussion. Uh, obviously, I'm Bryson's best 10, my top 10 NFL teams uh, segment, uh, which I do every week on Wednesday. Obviously, the Cowboys will get into just a moment. Of course, they're going to drop. I still think they have a legitimate argument. Um, and the same thing for the uh, for, for Philadelphia is in that, in that conversation as well. Kansas City, certainly. Philip brings up an interesting point that it isn't like Miami's just playing like cakewalk teams. It isn't like they're playing the Bears or the, I don't know, at least thus far, the Bengals, the Panthers, like on the road at the Chargers. So we we get to have a clueless head coach, but that's still a stacked roster, and that is still an awesome quarterback on the other side, and two outplayed him, and two had carved up that defense. It was a terrible defensive game played by Staley, but props to Tua, he took advantage. In years past, he probably wouldn't, he would not have been able to. Uh, then they beat New England. Be being Belichick on the road in weird weather is not an easy thing to do. Miami did it, led by their running game. And then this week, Denver's desperate. Denver really needs a win, and they hang 70 on them. They hang 70 on them. It it's incredible. Phillip, Niners versus Dolphins would be electric or Dolphins versus Chiefs. Well, Dolphins and Chiefs, furthest that would be would be the AFC Championship game, but still, uh, I would like that game, Phillip. If we get Dolphins-Chiefs, AFC Championship game or in the playoffs in general, I know Mahomes has never played a road playoff game, and I'm a big fan of streaks, but I hope that game would be played in Miami so that the weather's good. It's January in Miami, so the weather's not a factor. Uh, it's not freezing Kansas City. It's not a shot at Kansas City. It's a great city. But it's to see those high-flying offenses go up and down the field. Oh Lord, oh Lord, that'll be fun. But Niners, Niners Chiefs would be good. To, or sorry, Niners uh, Dolphins would be good too, Philip, because that's that's um, that's Master and it's Apprentice, Kyle Shanahan and Mike Daniel. Of course, was was on Shanahan's staff uh, not too long ago. That's how he got the Miami job. Patrick Brown, Week Four. Yeah, don't don't remind me, Patrick. He says Week Four will feature two teams in complete turmoil: Denver versus Chicago. Will be unwatchable. It'll be a pick 'em by kickoff. Let's see where the line's at now. Now that you say that, Patrick. Wow, <laughs> golly, that. Okay, I did. Wow, this this line actually kind of surprised me. Then I'll touch on Denver briefly, and then we'll move to Dallas. Denver is a three and a half point road favorite. The game's in Chicago. I mean, neither team looked good, and, and both teams are zero three. They're both in, as Patrick said, complete turmoil. A team gets beat by 50, and they're, <laughs> they're three-point road favorites. That's incredible. That I, I really thought I really thought it was going to be like either Denver minus one or Chicago minus one, kind of like what Patrick was saying. That is shocking. Wow. Denver three and a half. I don't know. Listen, I've, if, as, as I say, as one of my, sorry, one of my, if, if you know, as my favorite segments uh, on Carving Up Live famously go. 
If I were a bet man, I'd have lost a lot of money this season betting on the, the Chicago Bears. I did not last week. Actually, I bet against the Chicago Bears in a make-believe world and actually got my if I were a bet man game if I were a bet man game correct. So thank you, Kansas City, for that. Um, Patrick Burrow is planning to suit up against the Rams via Bleach Report. Yeah, g- given the tea leaves. Or reading through the tea leaves, it sounded like he was probably going to give it a go. Uh, again, I'll predict the Rams-Bengals at the end of today's sh- or tonight's show and also predict a game that's going to kick off in about an hour from now, the Eagles and the Bucks. And Patrick says, Bears versus Broncos could end up in a tie for all I care. Listen, I hate ties. I mean, hate. I hate ties with a passion. But I would be, uh, I wouldn't lose sleep if it if it did happen to to end without a winner. The Caleb Williams sweep six would heat up, though, if that was the case. That'd be interesting. Take both teams' fan bases rather than lose almost. Maybe not Denver's, but Chicago's might. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Let's 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 buckle in for just a moment. Buckle in for just a moment. Because um the Dallas Cowboys did something shocking yesterday. Okay. I, I didn't know that this was something that they did, but given the reaction today, it's it's unprecedented. We've never seen it before. The Dallas Cowboys lost a football game yesterday afternoon. Let's freak out. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? Okay, I think Dallas is done. Got to move on from Dak. Parsons is terrible now. Diggs is apparently the best defensive player in the league. They missed him. And McCarthy can't coach. What are we going to do? Shockingly, I have to once again be the voice of reason regarding the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott in particular, but the context to those who didn't watch the football game, the Cowboys lost to the Arizona Cardinals 28-16. to And before I even get to Dallas, because I, I really do want to make a point of this, um, hats off to Joshua Dobbs. I'm a Vols fan, lifelong, y'all know that. Uh, I've been, listen, my, my mother's been a bigger Dobbs fan uh, than I've been. I, I was critical at times back in his days at Tennessee, but obviously I ended up seeing the light, and she was always a Dobbs fan. But Joshua Dobbs, the guy, you saw his numbers yesterday, very efficient, 17 for 21, a buck 89, a touchdown, a nice pass, by the way, in the fourth quarter. QBR 0 to 100 of 84 and a pass rating of 120. I don't care what anybody says. That's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Not talking about this performance. I'm talking about this player. Given what he showed last year with some really bad, I mean, really bad circumstances, given the injuries that the Titans suffered at the end of the year, having to start for him and almost won them the division against the Jaguars. And then this year, had him again in the game against Washington, who's better. Had a 20-point lead on the New York Giants, who I believe to be better today. And then yesterday, beat one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL, and a perennial uh, a perennial pick, uh, or, or a consistent pick by most of the media to be a Super Bowl contender. That's what the Arizona Cardinals did, and that is what my man Joshua Space Dobbs did. Space is not his middle name, but you know I call him Space Dobbs because he is probably the smartest quarterback in the NFL because he is an aerospace engineer major at Tennessee. So he's... Josh is Josh, pretty smart dude. Josh is so very, very happy for Joshua Dobbs as a guy who who still roots for Dak. So I'm therefore going to root for the Cowboys to win. Um, it did my heart good to see what Joshua Dobbs did yesterday because he is, I think, he is absolutely today one of the 32 best in the NFL. Take him over Justin Fields. I take him over Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. Looks looks great. So hats off to Joshua Dobbs. Don't think the Cardinals are going to build around him. They still think they're going to they're going to draft a quarterback. But somebody's going to pick this man up. Uh, and I'm not saying he's going to be a franchise guy, but he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. So shout out to my man Josh Dobbs. Now to Dallas. So again, as I mentioned, it is ap- it is it is media panic day. 
it is by most fans outside of my my buddies at the the Cowboys Camp Fan Podcast. Shout out to my man uh, or to my guys, Alex, AJ, um, and Anth, who I'm sure weren't weren't too uh, weren't too pleased with what happened yesterday at uh, at State Farm Stadium. Um, there's no big deal. It's not. Okay, Dallas isn't going to go 17 and 0. That's that's my that's my biggest takeaway from this. As far as actual concerns, I'll get to that in just a moment. But this, it, it is, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it in terms of how Dak Prescott is covered. So remember last week, Dak played awesome against an awesome defense. And it was back page news for all I, all I saw. Um, and Dak had one bad pass last week. It should have been a pick six by Sauce Gardner. And that was what everybody talked about all week. Oh, should have thrown a pick six, though. Should have thrown a pick six. It's like, well, yeah, not every pass can be perfect. He's not He's not God, okay? <laughs> Even Patrick Mahomes was a bad pass every once in a while. He had a couple yesterday, like, ugh. Throws a pick yesterday. Now, this that now I talked about last year how some picks were, I said, sorry, most of the picks were on the receivers last year, be it they didn't cross the face of a safety, be it they dropped a pass, be it they ran the wrong route, and then the, the rest were, of course, on Rain Dakota Prescott. Yesterday, that pick, 1,000% on Dak. Now, I don't think he saw, if you look at the, the, the on-field angle behind Dak, I, honest to God, don't think he saw the linebacker, which is still on him, but albeit that's, that's, what, that's what happened. But, again, I'm not, given the fact that Dak was missing three starting offensive linemen, by the way, probably the Cowboys' three best linemen, Tyron Smith, Tyler Biotish, and, and uh, Zach Martin, who's a future first bout Hall of Famer, as is Tyron Smith, but Zach Martin's closer to his prime. Given what Dallas did offensively, I don't see any reason to be concerned. They ran for 185 yards. Dak went up and down the field. Completion percentage is solid. Uh, the problem was, of course, the goal line pick. And the problem to me for Dallas, because the red zone offense has been a topic of conversation today. If you look at the numbers, uh, the Cowboys are. Let me pull this up uh, if I have it. Yeah, Dallas is fourth worst in the NFL. Fourth worst, tied with the New York Jets and the New Orleans Saints for worst red zone defense of football this season at only 40% scoring touchdowns. Only the Texans, Titans, and Buccaneers are worse in that department. So obviously Dallas needs to improve that. But they marched up and down the field. And again, it's the the play calling by McCarthy was very, very odd. So remember a couple weeks ago, they beat the New York Giants 40-0. The defense plays out of its mind. And Dak doesn't have that impressive of, of a statistical performance. And I came out the next day and I said, if I'm Mike McCarthy's, McCarthy, why do I need Dak to have a crazy statistical performance? My defense is scoring touchdowns. My special teams is blocking kicks and returning them you know, for, for touchdowns as well. Why would I be aggressive given that we've got the lead? They have no momentum. Just have Dak make easy throws. Get him in a rhythm. I mean, Dak actually had a couple of drops in that game. Like, just no need to go nuts. Last week, different game plan was more aggressive in the passing game. This was a weird one. Like a really weird game plan. So, Dallas took, if I'm doing the math, okay. In this football game, Dak took four shots more than 20 yards down the field. Now, Dak, if you look at, certainly in 2021 was the case, and I think in 2022, even as down season, he was good in this department. Dak has historically been one of the best deep passers in the NFL in terms of completion percentage, passer rating, touchdowns, the whole bit. That's his strength. Why is McCarthy playing to it when you're down and your defense is struggling? That's what I'm confused about. Now, they did run the football effectively. Props to him. Tony Pollard had a big-time performance. But I'm, I'm just trying to figure out why 
you know, with with you got Brandon Cooks back in the lineup. CeeDee Lamb, you saw him multiple times on the sideline, very frustrated. He's like, man, why am I not getting the ball? Understandably so. Uh, you've got Michael Gallup as a good deep target, and they did target him a bit uh, down the field. But again, only 20 yards, 20 passes, more than 20 yards down the field. That's not a Dak thing. That's a game plan thing. Now, I don't th- I'm not here to say McCarthy's a bad uh, play caller because through the first two weeks, we have no evidence uh, to say that. I think we have more evidence to say he's a good play caller than a bad one. But that's something that can be corrected for Dallas. Taking more shots down the field, being more aggressive. Um, I, I saw Dak had the quote uh, after the game. What did he say? Uh, the you referencing the media put us on a pedestal. Uh, you put us up uh, up with the best, and you got what you wanted. Essentially saying, and, and and again, a lot of people criticized Dak for that. I was fine with it because to me, that's saying you put us up on the mountaintop so you could tear us down. Like that. That's kind of how I interpreted that from Dak. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I interpreted you know what Dak Prescott said there. Um, but there's no reason to believe that Dallas is just going to be a, a mess from here on out. Yes, they missed Trayvon Diggs. They still have a heck of a secondary. Did Mike did Micah Parsons virtually disappear outside of one play yesterday? Yes. That that's kind of been a concern of of, of mine of Micah. Uh, that's why I believe TJ Watt is the best defensive player in, in football until proven otherwise. More on the Steelers later. Uh, but Dallas will bounce back defensively next week. They play a bad offense and a bad quarterback and a below average coordinator, uh, offensive coordinator next week against the Patriots. They'll be fine. They'll bounce back, get a W. And San Francisco is the is the kind of test yourself game. But how many, how many Super Bowl champions have we seen in the past lose games where you're like, huh? Remember Kansas City lost to Indianapolis last year? We're like, Kansas City lost the Colts? The Colts who ended up winning four games that year and an old Matt Ryan and year, a couple years before that, you had Tom Brady losing to the to the Chicago Bears, the Bucks losing to the Bears when Tom Brady held up the four fingers uh, in that as that meme became famous for like, hey, what, is it fourth down? I I still think Brady might have been concussed in that game, but that's another story. We have all the time. We're t- I mean, I remember, uh, was it 2019 when Kansas City got uh, got beat by, I forget who it was. They, they lost the game. They should not have lost. It's it's, it's slipping my mind. Uh, uh, yeah, they Kansas City lost the Colts in 20. Yeah, I think it was 2019 they lost the Colts. In blowout fashion at home on Sunday Night Football, went on to win the Super Bowl. So every team, every year, has a confusing loss. We're kind of scratching our heads like, how did that happen? It happens. It, it, it's it, it's as normal as anything in the NFL. And Dallas, you know, we understand the critic. I'm sorry, the coverage surrounding them. It's the same as it is with the LA Lakers and with the New York Yankees. That, and certainly with you know certain athletes like LeBron James or Tom Brady, for example, that there's a certain level of scrutiny when you're playing bad, and there's a certain level of praise you get when you're playing well. And listen, I, I'd say a, a big chunk of that locker room kind of bought into that. Uh, Dak said after the game it was a very humbling loss. And so, listen, they'll be extra keyed in in practice. They'll be ready to go against the Patriots. I have absolutely no worries whatsoever about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I still think they could beat uh, Philadelphia uh, in the playoffs, which I predicted them to do. I still think they could beat Detroit. I think they can beat San Francisco, although I think San Francisco is a better team today. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I didn't, when I was watching that game, my takeaway was or wasn't, oh, yeah, that's who Dak Prescott is. Yeah, that's, and by the way, Dak wasn't even bad, but that's, that's who Dak is. Dak's a bum. Seem like it seemed like Dak is always the never gets credit for the wins, always gets blamed for the losses. Isn't that funny how that goes? Very odd. Very odd. Philip Chenault, who's a Cowboys fan. He's in the comments. He says, gotta give credit to Jonathan Gannon and Dobbs. They are proving people wrong. They absolutely by the way, folks, Arizona, one and two record, and that's ultimately all that matters. Three and zero against the spread. Big underdogs to Washington, covered. Big underdogs of the Giants covered and darn near won. 
and then huge underdogs at home, which I said, take the Cardinals plus 12 and a half. Uh, so you're welcome to those who, who, who bet that. You're welcome. Um, and not only did they cover, they outright won the football game and outplayed Dallas. So, yeah, that's that team plays hard. Jonathan Gannett, I guess they do have fire in their gut. I, I guess they do. Hats off to the, to the Cardinals. Let's see, Parnell. What's up, Parnell? The host of the Commanders Demand podcast, The Grid. Not a not a good performance for your Commanders, Parnell. Ugh. That was my upset of the week, and that that whew, that went by the wayside. Parnell says the bigger issue is the Cowboys' run defense. Great point and flags. Cowboys fans, including including the ones we know, raved about how great this defense can be. Credit to Arizona and their head coach. Much needed win after last week. So uh, yeah, the run defense was bad. How many did, didn't Arizona go for? Like over two hundred yards, I think it was. Let me check. It was it was it was over 200 yards. I'm almost certain of it. Rushing uh, that the Cardinals have. Where is it? Yeah, 222 yards rushing on seven yards a carry. Dobbs had a long run for 44 yards to set up their first field goal of the day. Uh, and Parnell says Pats versus Cowboys will be interesting. Good defenses and Zeke is back in Dallas. Uh, I, I don't think the Zeke in Dallas thing is going to be, uh, listen, and I, and I really like Zeke as a guy. Uh, back when I was a Cowboys fan, he was obviously one of my favorites. Bought his jersey the whole bit, but He's 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 he looks like a shot fighter out there. It's it doesn't look great. I, mean, I, th I think there's it's no surprise he was as av he was available for as long as he has, and then the you know the desperate offense the New England Patriots you know went out and got him. So you know it is what it is. Sorry, I just dropped my terrible towel, so I'm getting it from under the table. Okay, so I, I, but again, it's it is mar it is incredible to me that. We we are just silent as doves. Not we, not you guys know how I feel about Dak, but how so many folks out there are as quiet as quiet as a mouse on Dak when he's playing well, and then he has one again, not even bad game, off game, off game, in which by the way the coach wouldn't let him take shots down the field, and then it's it's, it's it, people go people lose their minds. I mean Josh Allen even. He's got four picks, threw one bad pick yesterday. It didn't matter. You know, the Bills won, but yeah, not great. And, and Par Parnell says, yeah, you jinxed my, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I didn't mean to jinx your commanders, okay? I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I, I kind of like uh, the commanders now more than I did just because I got the enemy as the OC, Magic Johnson's now. Magic Johnson, I think, was at the game. How do you not show out when Magic Johnson's there? Come on, man. Like, if you're going to lose, lose with dignity, Okay. Don't, don't, don't go out here and lose. What was the final score? 37? Yeah, 37 to 3. Come on now. That's terrible. In a rainstorm, by the way. Or not in a rainstorm, but with the after effects of the, the tropical storm that impacted that area. Uh, not, not a good performance at all by the commanders. I'll, I'll briefly touch on that later in the show when we go over some of the other NFL games. But now it's time. Let's go and put the, the terrible towel on because uh, my Pittsburgh Steelers got a W yesterday. Very exciting over the Las Vegas Raiders. By a final score of 23-18, to 18, as a typical Steelers kind of low-scoring affair. But uh, first of all, let's give props where it's due. T.J. Watt is a monster. T.J. Watt is the best defensive player in the National Football League until proven otherwise. He only had one sack. I'm pretty sure it was one sack last night. Yeah, T.J. Watt had uh, – I'm sorry, he had two sacks. I apologize. My bad on selling you short there, T.J. My bad. So now he is up to six sacks. <laughs> through the first three weeks of the season. Uh, I predicted before the year, TJ would win Defensive Player of the Year. He would break Michael Strahan's single-season sack record. Uh, there is simply, and this to me, it, and Micah Parsons is a monster. That's He had an off game yesterday. Even the, all the best have off games. 
but there are times when I'm watching the Cowboys and Micah Parsons just kind of disappears. Like he can't find number 11. Number 90 never, ever, ever, ever disappears with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, TJ is closer to his prime. He's right smack dab in the middle of his prime. Micah's not quite there yet. But again, today, that's that's the difference between the two. Even when TJ is not you know, making plays on the quarterback, getting sacks, it's always in the backfield. How many times, for those that watched the game last night, did you see Jimmy Garoppolo get the ball out of his hands probably a little sooner than he probably wanted to? Like, that is that is the mark of a great pass rush. Like, even when you don't get to the quarterback, make things really uncomfortable. E- even times when he didn't get to Jimmy G, Jimmy G's getting the ball out really quick. Uh, you know, kind of look, look, look a little hesitant in the pocket because he's like, okay, I got to get it out quick or number nine, he's going to make a play on me. I, Alex Highsmith played well. The Steelers' secondary was awesome with three picks on Jimmy Garoppolo. Who looked every bit uh, like the like a backup quarterback, which I've I've you know called him for a while now. Um, for Pittsburgh's offense, though, because that's really been the story surrounding the Steelers is that, and it's a lot of reason that folks, including myself, picked them to go to the playoffs this year. Some even picked them to win the division. I'm a Steelers fan. I didn't even go that far. But what is what I found encouraging about last night's win over Vegas, and you can maybe I should take this with a somewhat of a grain of salt, given that Vegas has a terrible defense. Going to be a little bit more of a test against Houston next week and certainly Baltimore the week after. Was that Matt Canada, who I have been ripping to shreds for for the first two weeks of the season, um, called a pretty solid game yesterday. Let Kenny Pickett take shots down the field. And what's great about it, too, and you saw this on that last third down that Pittsburgh picked up where they were to bleed a bunch of clock. They gave their ball to the Raiders with, what, 10 sec- 12 seconds left, I think it was. But the game was decided by that point. Vegas wasn't scoring an 80-yard touchdown at the very end. Was using Kenny Pickett's legs. Now, there were a couple plays here and there where it was just a simple, everybody, everybody lined up, Kenny Pickett behind center, handoff, eye formation to, to Najee Harris up the gut, and now Najee would sometimes get some yards after contact. But, again, I'd like to see him use more guys in motion, be it pick uh, pickins, uh, be it uh, Tate, I'm not, uh, not Tate, um, uh, uh, Austin. Uh, yeah, by the way, he had a touchdown yesterday, Calvin Austin. Long touchdown yesterday to get the Steelers on the board. They allowed Kenny Pickett to sh- take shots down the field. They allowed him to use his legs. He made a nice play to Pat Fryermuth for the touchdown in the second half. Uh, that is that is what you want to see from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Listen, Kenny Pickett is not uh, Kenny Pickett is not Patrick Mahomes. He is not Tua Tagovailoa. He's not Dak Prescott. He's not Lamar Jackson. Today, I don't even think he's Brock Purdy, which I hold a higher view than Brock Purdy the most. Uh, Brock Purdy the most, but but can he be above average? Sure he can. And if he is, given the fact the Steelers had arguably the worst quarterback play in the league last year, at least close to it, the Jets had a strong case and certainly have a stronger case this year. But bad quarterback play the Steelers had last year, and they nearly made the playoffs and went 9-8. and eight. So if Kenny Pickett is good, they're a lot to make the playoffs because of that defense and because of the playmakers they have on the offensive side of the ball. So, again, for what it's worth... Against a bad Raiders defense, we understand that. Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, uh, and some of this was Pittsburgh's you know, doing. Jimmy Garoppolo turned the ball over three times. And a, by the way, a questionable call by, uh, by Josh McDaniels, who I've never been a Josh McDaniels guy. But you've got the ball. Are they inside the 10-yard line? Yeah, they're inside the 10 at the, where are they at? So you got a fourth and four at Pittsburgh's eight. They're down eight. And they kick a field goal to make it a five-point game. And Josh McDaniels said afterwards, hey, We'd have still needed another possession to win the game anyway. 
well, you might get that possession in overtime. Why not just why not just with you know roll with that possibility? I actually saw a stat today that that since the two point conversion was instituted in the mid nineties, that's the first time that an NFL team in the final minutes of a game has kicked a field goal down eight inside the ten yard line. So what Josh McDaniels did today was historic. It was questionable. I'm glad he did it as a Steelers fan, of course. Because it gave our offense the ball back with a chance to bleed all the clock. We bled a, a big chunk of it. Um, but listen, Steelers should feel good about themselves after this game. Can he pick it? Has it looked as confident as I've seen him? Not necessarily comfortable. He took some shots in the pocket yesterday. He took one from uh, from uh, Max Crosby where I'm like, dang, I hope he's all right. I hope I don't have to see Mitch Trubisky today or tonight. But he looked comfortable. Or not look comfortable, looked confident. Uh, George Pickens looked great as usual because he's a spectacular talent. Again, Matt Canada, get the ball as much to Pickens as you possibly can. Now, a skeptic would say, well, he still didn't have a 400-yard game, to which I'd say that is absolutely a fair, a fair assessment, no question about it. But, you know, good, good vibes, feeling good about where you're at as a team is a very powerful thing. Uh, Mike Tom, and we understand he's he's the ultimate master of game plans. Uh, they again with all the playmakers Vegas has offensively with Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs barely made a peep in that game. I, I there was a couple times again, uh, there was a couple players yesterday where you're like, hey, where's wh- where's this guy? Where the heck was Josh Jacobs yesterday? Well, Pittsburgh's defensive line they 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 took care of Mr. Jacobs, and uh, you know, props to him. That's, that's, that's what we do in Pittsburgh. Play great defense. Make it happen offensively. Patrick Brown in the comments says, Raiders offense had no creativity. McDaniels kept throwing it on first down. Throw to Devontae Adams. Well, in fairness to McDaniels, and, and I'll be fair to him here, I don't blame him for throwing it a bunch on first down because, again, they could not generate a run game whatsoever. Uh, now, the problem is when your quarterback's Jimmy Garoppolo, there's some, there some real limitations there. Uh, so get the ball to, as much as uh, to, to Tay as possible. But feel good about the Steelers. Uh, they got we got Houston next week. I think that's. And by the way, JJ Watts gonna be in the building because they're gonna retire number ninety nine in Houston uh, for the Texans next week. They're retired JJ Watts number, and uh, Pittsburgh by the way is a three point favorite. Houston looked great. I'll I'll mention them. I'll, I'll get to them uh, a little later. But JJ is gonna be in the building. Texans offensive line isn't amazing. I think TJ Watt gets three four sacks. Three four sacks maybe. Maybe. It's not the realm of possibility. He's fully capable of doing it. Great win by the Steelers. De- definitely needed it. Good road win. Of course, I shouldn't even call that a road win. Did you did you hear the the the, the audio of of, of uh, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas? That sounded like 70-30 Steelers fans. I mean, anytime the refs made a call that didn't favor Pittsburgh, and there were a couple that was that were like, eh, I don't know about that. But the crowd, boo. Like, is this game at, at, at Pittsburgh or Vegas? Listen, that's part of the reason I became a Steelers fan is, is that, you know, that's one of the better traveling fan base in the NFL. It's one of the bigger fan base in the NFL. Uh, loyal, uh, you know, treats opposing players well, unlike Philadelphia. But we know, you know, we know Philadelphia is as a city. Uh, Eagles play tonight against the Bucs. I'll predict that at the end of the show. But good performance by my Steelers. And we're 2-1, and one, tied for first place the AFC North. Got Houston next week. Big game against Baltimore, Devin. Hey, hey, where's a hey, Devin? I don't know if Devin's watching the show. Devin is the host of the At The Bank Ravens podcast. And I, Devin's my guy. I, I love that guy. Um, he's been an awesome addition to the network. But uh, d- d- I haven't heard anything from Devin lately. He hasn't been He hasn't been big trust in me. You know what I'm saying? Where are you at, bro? Losing the Colts in overtime? Uh, uh. It looks so good. It looks so good. It did not. 
Although the Colts are 2-1, and one, so they, you have that there. Patrick Brown says, Raiders offense first down to throw to Tay Adams or Jacoby Myers. Steelers knew what the Raiders were going to do pre-snap. Raiders fans are missing Derek Carr, you think? After they said Jimmy G was not great. Yeah, those anybody who thought Jimmy G was not great is, is out of their minds. I mean, you, I think you saw yesterday. You know what? Let's get to the other games. Let's talk about the other games uh, mapping yesterday. Uh, Patrick Brown says Derek Carr would have put up points uh, against Las Vegas. Yeah, it's... He's, he's always, I've always said he's an excellent quarterback, much better than people give him credit for. Let's check the other games, though, around the NFL. I just mentioned, the first game I've seen right here on my phone, Colts-Ravens. Um, again, I, I thought it'd be a relatively ugly game given the conditions there because of the tropical storm. But uh, Lamar Jackson didn't play particularly well, and, I, and I'm a big, even as a Steelers fan, I've always been a big Lamar guy. Uh, but Lamar, pass rings, fine, high 80s, so above average, but uh, missed some throws there late. And Gardner Minshew made that one big throw to Michael Pittman uh, in overtime, and then later in overtime got them down in field goal range, and the kid, uh, I think Matt Gaze, their kicker, hit the walk-off field goal to win it for him. I was shocked, by the way, that Justin Tucker at the end of the fourth quarter came in, 61-yard attempt, and missed. That that was that that one caught me off guard. I think it caught a lot of people off guard. But a good win for the Colts, 2-1. and one. Anthony Richardson potentially could be back this week. Who does Indianapolis play in Week 4? I think they play the Rams, I think. Yeah, they play the Rams at home. Rams play tonight. Very interesting game there. Uh, but good win by the Colts. Tough loss for the Ravens. I love it. As a Steelers fan, means we're tied with the Ravens and tied with the Cleveland Browns, who, speaking of, dominated the Tennessee Titans 27-10. Deshaun Watson, for the very first time as a Cleveland Brown, looks good. Give credit where it's due. Deshaun Watson yesterday against uh, Tennessee, 27-33, 289, couple touchdowns, QBR of, eight, of 78, and a pass rating of 123. Now, in fairness, Tennessee's defense was, uh, I, I don't know if they were instructed, and Mike Vrabel's a great coach, great defensive coach, but I don't know if Tennessee was instructed of the fact or notified of the fact that the point of playing defense is to stop the other team from scoring. And how many times yesterday did it look like the kid, um, um, did it look like Amari Cooper was running free? I mean, wide open. Not Nobody even near him. And then Ford, the running back, wide open down the left sideline? I mean, it was one great. Is it Malik Willis time, Tennessee Titans fans? Might want to, might want to consider it. Might want to consider it because Tannehill didn't look so good yesterday. I'll be up facing a pass rush, but Malik Wills would. There's worse options out there. There's worse options. Okay, and I want to touch on this for just a just a second. Um, Patriots Jets. Let me take off the terrible towel for for a moment because uh, just want to be business. All business here. Um. So, of course, I said this would be the worst quarterback game of 2023, and it was, it lived up to the building, billing. Uh, Mac Jones, barely over 50% completion, 201 yards, a touchdown, will be a wide-open touchdown. Pass rating, eh, QBR, slightly above average. Um, Zach Wilson was horrendous as well, 50% completion, 157. QBR of 18, pass rating of 62. So the uh, Jets I, and Robert Saul announced today that Zach Wilson is going to be the starter next week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, what's the line for that game? I, I Before I even check, I'm going to guess Kansas City minus eight. Nope, minus nine and a half. I sold him short. Kansas City minus nine and a half. And I'll get to the Chiefs a little later, but Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites in New York in the Meadowlands against the Jets. So... Shows you what, you what what Vegas and what, frankly, what America thinks about Zach Wilson. He's Listen, he's shown improvements in terms of maturity. Good for him. But you're seeing shots of the Jets sideline. You're seeing Garrett Wilson, Jets teammates, just getting really pissed off. At this point, the organization is just cheating those players. They are. 
I mean, those guys, especially the defense, they go into every single game. With Zach Wilson at quarterback, they go into every game saying, we have to be literally flawless. Remember DJ Reed before the season, the really good player in the secondary for the Jets? Remember he said before the season that, hey, we have a chance to be the 85 Bears defense? Actually, you have to be. <laughs> it's not a it's not a thing we can be. No, you literally have to be the 85 Bears defense to win with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Why the Jets? And I'm not even a Carson Wentz guy. Never, ever, ever, ever have been. You're telling me Zach's a better option than Carson Wentz? I'm sorry. I've been critical of Wentz. Wentz is an NFL quarterback. Zach Wilson is an XFL quarterback. He is. Accuracy is terrible. Okay, his arm strength's good. Cool. Can he throw the ball on time and on target? I mean, he got sacked by Casper by Casper yesterday. I mean, remember Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts in 2019 on Monday Night Football. Now Zach Wilson's getting sacked by ghosts. I mean, what are we doing? It's it's the Jets. Obviously, they come into the season with so many expectations with Aaron Rodgers, and that goes you know poof up into the end of the New York sky. With, with four plays in with the torn Achilles. I get you're, you're not going to win the Super Bowl, of course. It's going to be a fight just to get in the playoffs. Just put yourself in that position. Man, if nothing else, don't cheat the coaches. Don't cheat the players. Go 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 get a go get a legitimate quarterback. Go sign Nick Foles. Go sign Carson Wentz. Trade for Kirk Cousins. I don't know. I mean, Kirk, Kirk's going to be gone after this year. At least make something out of this. You can't waste a great defense two years in a row. You can't. It, it is it is amazing what what the mismanagement of the, at the quarterback position that the Jets are, 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 are pulling off since the injury to, to Rodgers. Now, as for New England, who I said on during my Dallas segment, they are going to get rolled by Dallas. Uh, I don't even think that's a question. So let's put my, my forget feelings, my facts, my object, pure objectivity, unfiltered objectivity about this particular player aside. Let's take the on-field stuff uh, production, put that aside. I do not think there's a quarterback that I've ever seen in my life that is more difficult to root for than Mac Jones. Jay Cutler is a close second, but Jay Cutler wasn't this bad. We now have, through three years, not even a full three years of Mac Jones's NFL career, we now have four plays where he exhibits dirty play or dirty actions. As a, I didn't know it was possible to be a dirty player as a quarterback. It's only only position that's harder to do that is kicker, probably. Mac Jones somehow pulled it off. So let, real quick, before we even look at what happened yesterday to Sauce Gardner, let's look at the tape of his pass. So this was rookie year against the Carolina Panthers. He drops back, gets strip-sacked by Brian Burns. And look what he does. Grabs Brian Burns' ankle, twists it, and Brian Burns get hurts, hurts the rest of the game. Then this play last year I talked about where he trips up Eli Apple uh, on an interception return, trips him up, takes his legs out. And then before that, this game against the Chicago Bears, and when she kicks a Bears player in the man area, and you see it clearly hurts, and he goes up and immediately holds that area midair. So Mac Jones kicks this guy while sliding. Had no no business doing that. And then yesterday, you got to really pay attention closely to what he did to Sauce Gardner. Right there. Just just socks him in the sensitive area. It is, it is, I mean, when is the NFL going to punish this guy? You think, I mean, do you think, listen, Sauce Gardner didn't play well yesterday. He, he didn't. But you think Sauce Gardner's response to not playing well is going to the media and saying, hey, yeah, Mac Jones punched me in the groin. Like, that's a really random excuse to make if, if he were to be doing that. You saw Sauce Gardner, and there's another angle of the play. 
where or after the play because it was on a quarterback sneak. Um, you could see an angle in which not where Mac does the action, but you could see where Sauce kind of jumps. You know, like he's kind of startled by it. It it is obviously I've never been a Mac Jones guy in terms of his play. Uh, and remember again, first segment of the show, ironically another Alabama quarterback. I I came to terms. I'm I'm wrong on Tua Tagovailoa, but as I said, if there's any quarterback I'm gonna be wrong on, I'm glad it's him because I really I genuinely I've always said this, even when I was skeptical about Tua, I genuinely like him as a person, and I and I hoped he would succeed. Um, I, listen, I'm not gonna root against Mac Jones having a successful NFL career. Okay, the man's got a family, the man's gonna you know trying to make money just like we all are, but in the unforeseen events that I'm wrong about Mac Jones, and that event is not coming, that day is not coming. I can't say I'll be thrilled. I can't. He, he's a he, oh my gosh! I did not know it was possible to be dangerous, to to be a dirty player at quarterback. Mac has somehow pulled it off. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, it, it, I, I'm gonna move on. Move on before I say something. I do not like dirty players, man. I do not. I'll tell you what else I don't like is being. Being wrong on a pick by 34 points. So I had Washington as my upset of the week over Buffalo. And Buffalo came in and hung 37 on the Commanders, 137-3. Sam Howell was beyond abysmal. Four interceptions. uh, Passer rating at 41. Well below average. Uh, He was probably the worst quarterback this weekend. Although Zach Wilson certainly had a case. But I guess because of the turnovers, he put Howell below him. Uh, Josh Allen, again, he had the interception earlier. But outside that, played pretty well. Uh, was good in um, was good in the running game, good through the air, was fairly accurate th- th- throughout the day, given the conditions in Washington because of a tropical storm. Um, listen, I'm still skeptical about Buffalo. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, but listen, they went on the road to Washington. That was kind of that was kind of the sexy pick by a lot of uh, a lot of sharps out there saying, "Hey, take the Commanders and the points." But Buffalo came in, they took care of business. Defense looked outstanding in the process. Uh, so hats off to the Bills for for getting a, a big time win on the road at Washington. Uh, there are definitely some limitations to to Sam Howell's game um, for sure. Patrick says Mac Jones should be fined and suspended. This is a recurring behavior which can't be ignored. Mac, oh good, great nickname, Patrick. Mac Jones is Whack Jones. That's so good. My Cowboys will feast on his poor play. That is oh my, I cannot believe I've never come up with that name before. I mean, I'm not I'm not huge on nicknames outside of Coin Flip Davis. Um, that is a great nickname for Mac Jones. Um, Whack Jones. I, you know, I'm not going to steal that from Patrick. I'm going to let you have that because you came up with that. But that is that's really good. Like that's props to you, my man. And, and also too, you mentioned uh, Patrick mentioned about the the Mac Jones's history. Um, remember when the NBA? And yes, I'm salty about this. Yes, I very much am even though we won the game. Remember when the NBA suspended Draymond Green for Game 3 against Sacramento because he has a history of these events? Now, I know it's a different league. Can't you do the same with Mac Jones? I mean, imagine, folks, imagine if Mac Jones was a linebacker. Man, he'd have 20 dirty plays in his resume. 20 notable dirty plays in his resume. There's probably some we don't even know about because we don't have as as much video evidence as, as some of these other events. He is, again... From dog cussing his coaching staff and teammates to not taking accountability, uh, again to quitting on in, on inter- I mean the, the play against Philadelphia throws a pick to Darius Slay has a chance to wrap him up on the sideline lets him just walk scot free in the end zone without just quitting on the play. Philly ended up winning by five, so you think that pick six didn't make a difference? Uh, he's a hard player to root for, and then the dirty plays to cap it off. Uh, Lions, 
I can bring this back, ladies and gentlemen. How about those Detroit Lions against the Atlanta Falcons, ladies and gentlemen? Kneecap. 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 Love playing that. I, I, I swear to you, I do. Lions 20, Falcons 6. I got to say, so Detroit scored 20, not a crazy offensive performance. Uh, Jared Goff with the rushing touchdown played well. Um, listen, I've always been a doubter on, on a on Desmond Ritter. There was nothing I saw last year. And frankly, there was not a whole lot I saw in college where I'm like, okay, this, this dude can be a star quarterback in the NFL. Maybe I'm wrong, but when you have as many weapons as Atlanta does, a, a great offensive line, which Atlanta has, you, you shouldn't be putting up six burgers, if that's even a thing, on the road against the Detroit Lions, the defense that really struggled. Again, Seattle's got a good offense, but really struggled against Seattle last week. Um, Desmond Ritter was, I mean, he had a QBR of 11, pass rating below average. Bijan Robinson never really got going, but some of that though, some of that though, is 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 Detroit's defense. I mean, a, uh, 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 Hutchinson made made some big time plays. Uh, you know, rushing the passer, you know, rushing Desmond Ritter. They were good stopping the run. I think Atlanta only averaged two point seven yards a carry. I think Detroit scored offensively they needed to. Uh, Detroit's got a, this is going to be a big one. This is a big Thursday night game coming up against a team I'm about to talk about in just a moment. So Detroit and Green Bay on Thursday night football. That's going to be a good one on Amazon uh, Prime. Props to Amazon. So you guys know I hate Thursday night football. I think it's terrible for the for the health of the players. I hate Thursday night football. Only Thursday games, in my view, should be opening night and Thanksgiving. That's it. I don't think we should be doing this on a weekly basis. It's bad for the players. Frankly, the product is is rarely good. But if it's going to retain remain in place, and I wish it wouldn't, but if it's going to, the NFL's got a pretty good Thursday night schedule. So we got Detroit and Green Bay this week. Bears Commanders week after that. Ugh. Then he got Broncos Chiefs. At least we get to see the Chiefs. Jags Saints is interesting. Bucks Bills is interesting. We got Titans my, my, against my Steelers. A Bengals Ravens is a Thursday night game in in week eleven. So there's NFL did a much better job of constructing the Thursday night schedule compared to what they did last year. So Lions Packers, folks, that is going to be a good one. That is kneecaps. I think will be bitten. Uh, Patrick about the Mac Jones thing. He says I've been holding that nickname for a while. I stand on about Michael McCorkle Jones. You you should stand on it because you're on the I mean the right side of history, buddy. No doubt. Uh, speaking of the Packers, oof, the Jordan Love stands are gonna get mad at me today. My sister happens to be a Packers fan. She she got mad at me yesterday for for uh, my take and my belief on this one. So Green Bay's down seventeen nothing in the fourth quarter. Come back and win eighteen to seventeen. Odd score, but they went for two on one of their touchdowns because of a penalty. Uh, and they end up actually I don't think it was because of a penalty. They just went for two. But I know all these Packer fans. Oh man, they 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 have been ready because they were really on me about Jordan Love in the preseason about my kind of skepticism of him. Uh. I'll give him credit in this regard in that they're down 17 zip. He's not playing well in the absolute slightest. This is a good Saints defense in fairness. But fourth quarter, came alive, made some big-time throws. The throw, the game when he touched down to Romeo Dobbs was a heck of a throw. Uh, won this game, again, with no Aaron Jones, with uh, no David Bakhtiari, and no Christian Watson. So props to him. Now, again, again, it is a... It is a Saints uh, Saints offense that missed Derek Carr tremendously, who, according to reports, it looks like he avoided injury. Also, according to reports, Jameis Winston is going to start next week. Who do the Saints play? The Saints play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, so they're a three-point favorite at home, so it's on a neutral site. That game would be a pick em. But they're playing Jameis Winston, who's the backup quarterback. And most importantly, and I've been saying this for a while now, it's why I like the Saints roster a lot. 
a lot, especially with them adding Derek Carr. You guys know how I feel about Derek Carr. I think I'm a little bit validated today in terms of his value to a team because I think the Saints missed him pretty badly today. But it's why I was, I, I said, I think I'll pick the Saints to win the division, but I'm not terribly confident in it. Dennis Allen. How many, how many, how many more examples we got to see? Dennis Allen's not a good head coach. He's, he's, a, he's an awesome defensive coordinator. Props to him there. He's not a good head coach. Late game situations, we saw multiple times last year. We saw yesterday at Lambeau. He's not good. Defensively, the game plan was weird in the fourth quarter. Offensively, they couldn't generate anything. Of course, they missed a, 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 a potential game-winning field goal uh, there at the end. So a, a really brutal loss for the New Orleans Saints who had a, a chance to get to 3-0. Um, props to Packers for coming back. But, listen, sub-20 um, kind of got bailed out uh, by the missed field goal from the Saints by some horrible calls by, by Dennis Allen and, most importantly, by the injury to Derek Carr. So do I buy the Packers today? Absolutely not. Not in the slightest. I do not buy in the Green Bay Packers. What else do we have? Uh, Texas Jaguars. That, as much as Dallas, Arizona, might have been the shock of the day. So, now, what wasn't terribly shocking, at least to me, because I really liked this guy out of college, C.J. Stroud played awesome against the Jaguars. 20 for 30, two touchdowns, QBR of 83, and a pass rating of 118. I believed that C.J. Stroud was going to be, I always say, anytime there's five Highly touted quarterbacks going into the draft. I always say two of them usually pan out into what you think they can be. One's kind of eh, middle of the road, and two are bad. Um, in this instance, CJ, and this is very early. We're two weeks in, or three weeks in. But I love what I'm seeing from CJ Stroud. He gets better and better every week. Looks more comfortable. By the way, D'Amico Ryan's winning his first game as well as a head coach in the NFL. Put together a heck of a game plan uh, to stop Jacksonville. But I know everybody's going to be piling on Trevor Lawrence. Because Trevor Lawrence didn't have a an insane Mahomes-like performance. Again, I will defend Trevor as much, if not more, than Dak Prescott. Uh, or I, I, I will, yeah, defend Trevor Lawrence as much, if not more, than I defended Dak Prescott earlier. He drops. I mean, perfect throws by Trevor. Terrible drops by the Jaguars receivers. The Jaguars give up a touchdown. Give up a uh, a special teams touchdown by a fullback literally it's a gaff by Houston special teams the fullback gets the football takes it down the sideline of the house the fullback not not the speedy you know fifth string wide receiver who's like 510 and can fly no 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 fullback I didn't even know those existed anymore but special teams can win in games it can lose in games in this case it won the game for the Houston Texans um the Stroud looked great. Trevor and the Jags would be fine. They're going to be fine. There's no reason to panic about these guys. Uh, Trevor wasn't even, folks trying to make it out like he's bad. He, he, he wasn't bad by any stretch. So, Jacksonville get it right. The, the quarterback's awesome. Their head coach is awesome. They do have to get that defense fixed, though. That that is That has been a big-time problem through the first part of the season. The, the defense has showed some moments where they... They look like just about anybody. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones included can score on them on a pretty consistent basis. So not a good performance defensively by the Jaguars. Uh, the offense will bounce back. I'm not I'm not worried about that. Uh, Panthers, Seahawks. We'll get to Chargers, Vikings in just a moment because I want to do a whole segment on that. Panthers, Seahawks. Seattle's offense looked amazing. So Geno Smith had another big-time performance. Touchdown pass. Uh, pa uh, sorry, um... Uh, QBR was good, well above average. They rushed the football incredibly well, with uh, led by Kenneth Walker, who I loved out of Michigan State. Seattle looked good. Um, Andy Dalton looked pretty comfortable. A um, couple touchdown passes. Now, they asked him to throw the ball 58 times because they were trailing throughout. Uh, I, I think I probably over, 
oversold Carolina this year. I said I think they could potentially win the NFC South, although I took the Saints. Uh, but I said the reason Carolina could potentially steal it from the Saints, despite having an inferior roster, is the coaching. Uh, I don't even think the coaching has been that bad. I just think it's the offense, certainly the offensive line and the defense are more limited than I probably gave them credit for. So Carolina's 0-3. Um, as weird as the NFC South is, I'm not going to totally write them off to maybe make something crazy happen in November and December. But... It, this team is is not as not as good as I initially thought coming into 2023. Which, I mean, they they initially had the ninth pick, and they um, and Patrick Brown says Carolina made the mistake by not drafting C.J. Stroud. Just saying, maybe. And and I again, there's a lot I liked about Bryce Young. Just about, I mean, arm strength's good, accuracy's good, mobility's excellent. Seemed like a good leader. Um, it's and it's the reason I was always skeptical about Bryce. It's the size. I mean, two games in his NFL career, already hurt. He's got an ankle problem. He's probably not going to suit up next week when Carolina plays. Uh, who does Carolina play a week from now in um, in week four? The Panthers have the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, so you got a grudge match, 0-3 versus 0-3. So we got two games like that, at least two. So, listen, uh, Carolina is not as far along as I thought. But, yeah, I did like Stroud more than, more than Bryce in large part due to the size. I think historically speaking, most of the great NFL quarterbacks are all bigger athletes. CJ kind of fits that mold uh, certainly more than, than Bryce does. And we see, especially even in today's time, in which the rules have never been more geared toward quarterbacks, smaller guys aren't looking great. Like Tua is – that's one of the reasons I was skeptical about Tua. Tua is really breaking the mold this year. Uh, and, and some of that, by the way, is because Tua put on some muscle. So he's a bigger, stronger athlete now uh, than he was uh, maybe a year ago. And then finally, uh, let's see. Hold on. Let me make sure I – okay, yeah. Uh, Bears, Chiefs. Sorry, my phone's being really weird right now. Um, Bears, Chiefs look good. Uh, listen, never in my wildest dreams did I see uh, a day where, 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 where Patrick Mahomes – never in my wildest dreams. See what I did there? Did I ever see a day in which Patrick Mahomes uh, would be the best football player on the face of God's green earth and the second most popular player in his own team? For obvious reasons, Travis Kelsey. Uh, I guess this sort of makes him and Taylor Swift official, doesn't it? I guess it sort of does. I mean, she showed up at Arrowhead. He scores a touchdown. Kansas City, as Mahomes said after the game, they had to get Travis Kelsey a touchdown. But you see, when they pan to the box, she's sitting next to Mama Kelsey, who's the GOAT. And uh, she's going crazy. Let's effing go. Uh, but this is a report, according to TMZ. It says that after Taylor Swift's appearance at Arrowhead Stadium, Travis Kelsey saw a nearly 400% growth in his jersey sales. I would imagine he's probably the uh, the highest uh, jersey seller right now in the NFL. Uh, he was already up there to begin with because he's one of the most popular players. He's one of the best players. Uh, but that's... Uh, that's pretty cool. That's, that's that's pretty cool. So, listen, it's fun. It's it, it, it's fun. You know, it's it's a it's it's an incredible athlete, Travis Kelsey, one of the most famous people on the face of the earth, Taylor Swift. So, it's pretty cool. You know, it, it's it's funny. The the Chiefs, and I think a lot of teams are going to be able to do this. Kansas City's awesome, so them more so. But I think a lot of teams this year, especially in that division, like the Packers and especially the Lions, the Chicago Bears have become that team. They, they become everybody's homecoming. Where you bring your family, you bring your girlfriend, in Travis Kelsey's case, probably the most famous girlfriend on earth right now. Because, you know, you're going to play well, you're going to look good, you're going to be happy after the game. I, I saw a report saying that, that Travis and Ta uh, Travis rented a whole restaurant and took Taylor there, and the, 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 the whole Kansas City Chiefs team was there. Uh, 
So cool moment, cool moment, Arrowhead for. But so listen, good, good for Travis, good for Taylor, good for them. Uh, by the way, as as uh, Patrick pointed out earlier, this is a report saying that Joe Burrow is officially active for the game, so Joe Burrow is going to play tonight. So there you go. Uh, definitely. Sure. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm looking at this. Uh, apparently, Josh Dobbs trolled uh, Micah Parsons on social media. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so Dobbs, I can't sh- I can't show it. It'll be hard to see on um on this um uh, on the, on the screen here, but. So Micah Parsons was on a podcast. He has a podcast, and he was on it last week, saying that we're going to be going after Joshua Dobbs, and he's going to be—he's not going to be able to handle all the darts we're throwing at him. And it's showing that clip, and then the next frame is Joshua Dobbs, like avoiding, like looks like rocks, or one of them was a football just being thrown his way, he's just avoiding them. So, you know, like I said, I, I still pull for—I I hope the Cowboys, you know, you know, win because uh, I am still a Dak fan, and as I said, when I picked the Steelers as my team, my. Uh, loyalty to Dak would not change from where it was the last two years when I wasn't a Cowboys fan, but I was a, a Rain Dakota Prescott fan. That said, I, I swear to you, I really genuinely enjoyed watching Joshua Dobbs do what he did yesterday. It was it was pretty freaking cool. Pretty freaking cool. Uh, but yeah, we'll get some Taylor Swift references every week. That well, that that was a solid. Wildest Dreams, was that, was that pretty good? Maybe I'll get multiple references within the same sentence. I'm seeing a lot of people pull that off. I, 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 I came up with one last week. Uh, when Travis Kelsey scored against the Jaguars, when I said it was quite a swift recovery, uh, coming back from the injury. So I, I, I'm doing my best. Okay, I'm doing my best. I'm not. I don't. I would not consider myself an official Swifty, as many out there are. Uh, but she writes. She 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 writes incredible music. Very successful person. So, hey, guess that's why you know her, her and Travis. Her, her and Travis may work out. They may work out. Who knows? We'll we'll, we'll see what happens. It's fun though. Okay. Because I wanted to devote, I wanted to devote a whole segment to this. The um, the Los Angeles Chargers won yesterday, literally by the skin of their teeth. And the funny thing is, they actually won. Uh, they 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 won the game by a final score of uh, of twenty eight to twenty four, which is the score that I picked Minnesota to win by. So I was sort of like half right, half wrong there. But um, it, I guess it's too late now because we're this deep into Monday. I would still fire Brandon Staley. It is amazing that a coach, and by the way, now an offensive coordinator, can add him to the mix, Mr. Kellen Moore. It is remarkable how every single week they find a way to blow you away, to blow you away with god-awful coaching. So, Chargers played really well yesterday. Justin Herbert looked amazing. Now, Justin Herbert, as, as far as I'm concerned, I don't, I don't know why they're making him throw 47 times. I mean, could you could you at least commit to the run a little bit? Uh, you know, you know, get get some of the other guys involved. But Justin was great. QBR of 93, pass rate of 124. He was great. I mean, he's Justin Herbert. Of course, he was great. They outplay them. Minnesota gets the one play to Justin Jefferson. Okay, big deal. You still got the lead. LA Chargers. They've got the ball. At their own 24-yard line, a minute 51 to go. Minnesota has no timeouts. Again, I want to rephrase that. Chargers at their own 24. Fourth and one. Minnesota has no timeouts. Minnesota can't drive the ball down the field consistently. Not only do the Chargers go for it, which was a terrible call by Staley, they run the ball with their backup running back, which was Kellen Moore's call. 
they don't run a play where Justin Herbert's rolling out, kind of like what the Steelers did with Kenny Pickett yesterday, and I can't believe I'm complimenting Matt Canada today, but at the expense of Kellen Moore, yeah, I guess I have to. You could roll Herbert out. He's a very mobile player. You could... How about this crazy idea? You know that the Philadelphia Eagles have this play where they line up about 75 people down uh, inside behind center to just push Jalen Hurts for the first down on third or fourth and short situations. And it's been, a lot of people complain about it like, hey, they should get rid of this play. It's too hard to stop. I'm sort of in, in the middle on that, but it's very effective. It's hard to stop. How about a crazy idea? Kellen Moore, Mr. Boy Genius, innovative offensive coordinator. How about how about run that with with Justin Herbert? Is it a, is it a, Beyond the realm of possibility, it just may work. If you're going to go it to go for it to, to, to begin with, and because Kirk Cousins turned back into late game Kirk Cousins, the Chargers got out of there and survived. He threw the a contested pass to TJ Hawkinson, got, ball got tipped up and intercepted the end zone, and the Chargers survived by the skin of their teeth and prolonged the inevitable or delayed the inevitable rather. Staley's not going to survive the season. We know that, uh, given that's now three straight games with horrendous coaching by the Chargers. Uh, it is it is incredible how on a week-to-week basis, it, and it's not like, it is like the Chargers are void of talent, folks. I know they lost Mike Williams for the season, which sucks. It, Trevor's awesome. I'm not Trevor. Um, and tre- Trevor is awesome. Justin Herbert's an incredible. Player, we've seen that since the day stepped in the NFL. Your weapons are good. Your running game is good. If you dial up the run more often than you do, O line's good. Left tackle's amazing. Yeah, some great players defensively. Joey Bosa had a solid game yesterday. Uh, the the secondary now that you, you bench J C Jackson is good. You're a really talented roster. You should be a lock playoff team, even in the AFC. You're that good. You're that talented. You're that special. Head coach O C is holding them back. Chargers should be 3-0 today, and they're 1-2. It's as simple as that. And it's, I don't know if through three weeks of the season, there's a more discouraging win than what the Chargers had. First and foremost, you lost your number one receiver for the season due to a torn ACL, which sucks. These injuries lately are just terrible. But not only that, but you play darn, Herbert plays basically flawlessly again, and you put him in position to lose again. Like, that's why when when the Chargers are losing all these close games, all the blame is directed at Herbert. I'm like, guys, what's he got to work with with the coaching staff? The coach's job. I mean, we're seeing this with Tua, who, and you guys know, I just admitted I was wrong about Tua. Tua's still not as good as Justin Herbert. He's not. Not as talented as Justin Herbert. But with the Dolphins coaching staff, is putting him in position to be successful. They don't do that in L.A. Fourth and one, why you're going for it to begin with is beyond me. Again, they're leading. They're up by four. They're not down by four. They're up by four. Maybe, I, maybe, maybe I'd understand it if the game was tied. And if, like, if your defense was struggling, the other offense had really gotten going, it's a tie game, then maybe I don't get the call in terms of the play they ran, but I kind of get why they did it. There's no justifiable reason why they did what they did yesterday. And it delayed the inevitable with Brandon Staley. It delayed the inevitable. And it, it sucks watching an ultra-talented athlete being totally wasted away by a franchise. And that's what the Chargers are doing. With their head coach and with their offensive coordinator. And as I as I said, I, I put this video on YouTube last week that um, the Chargers have a Brandon Staley and Kellen Moore problem. I mean, did I not say when I did my strengths and weaknesses for every NFL team uh, coming into the season that the Chargers' biggest strength was was Herbert and all the playmakers and the week two uh, biggest weaknesses were Staley and, and Kellen Moore? 
back to square one. Now, the Chargers, and here's the thing, too, about the Chargers that makes it even worse. So they've got the Raiders next week. They're five-point favorites. They should beat the Raiders. They should beat the Raiders. They're certainly more talented. Uh, I, I don't know if they're better coach. I, I guess I'd take Josh McDaniels over Brandon Staley, but that's like taking a, a spoiled milk over you know, a, a, a black banana. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not two great choices. But the Chargers have the Raiders, and then they got to buy. So they got all this time of the next three weeks or so to kind of rest on their laurels as a franchise when the 13 people who root for the Los Angeles Chargers and all of the NFL fans and media and, and I'm sure coaches and players see they're misusing their talents, they're wasting their talents, and the coaches alone are what's keeping these game close, games close and in two of the three games, costing them. Week one, it was Brandon Staley who cost them because he went one-on-one, man-to-man coverage with Tyreek Hill over and over and over again. Week two, it was on Killam more than it was on Staley because of taking three deep shots to start overtime. You end up losing to the Titans there. And then it, then in, in this instance, it's both. The call to go for it, and if you are going to go for it, at least they'll d- design a, a better play or run a better play, a more creative play than that. And Minnesota's just stacking the box, and you run it with your backup running back. Unbelievable. Or believable when you consider the, the, these two guys' history. It's... it's this team had a shot, and I know they didn't look good yesterday, but this team had a shot at Sean Payton and passed. Man. Not a good day to be a Chargers fan. It rarely is, but today especially. I still would have fired him. Honest to God. Okay. Got two games tonight. One's literally about to kick off. So I can officially, you know, kind of put my prediction in before it begins. So let's uh let's see if we can go down here and get the get the background music going uh for for this Monday Night Football match. This Monday Night Football uh, double dip, so to speak, starting in Tampa. You've got the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending NFC champions, going on the road to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Philadelphia in this game is a five and a, sorry, just a five point favorite uh, on the road. I shouldn't say just; they're a five point favorite on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, here's the thing: this is a weird one because Philadelphia has had a lot of time to game plan and to prepare for Tampa. Tampa, this is kind of like their first sort of prove it game of the year, where a lot of folks, myself included, didn't have the the Bucks being very good this year. I had them winning three games all season long, didn't believe in Baker, didn't believe in a regressing defense, and Todd Bowles is, is I think, has proven himself to be somewhat below average as a head coach, but 2-0, they beat Minnesota, uh, they beat uh, Chicago, that's not saying much, but beat Chicago, Minnesota on the road, beat Chicago at home, so this is kind of that opportunity for the Bucks post-Brady to say, yeah, we're this 2-0 thing, not a fluke, we're going to beat the defending NFC champions on our home field. So this is a big-time opportunity for Tampa Bay. And for Philly, listen, they've taken, and I am, <laughs> nobody's ever going to mistake me for being an, an Eagles fan or defender or any of the above. I hate the Eagles. Even now, that's what's part of the appeal of being a Steelers fan. I can still hate the Philadelphia Eagles, and I don't like any of the Philadelphia sports teams. Sixers, you know, Phillies. I don't even watch hockey. I don't, I don't like the Flyers. Never watched a, a full uh, full game of hockey in my life. I don't, don't like the Flyers. That said... I feel like I was one of the few people defending Philly in that people were crushing them. Oh, they weren't that impressive. And Jalen Hurst doesn't look great. And I said they play their identity. They rush the football effectively. Uh, up front, and I said coming into this season, I still believe this. 
Up front, they're the best team in the NFL in terms of offensive line and defensive line. Offensive line can flat out bully you, push you all over the field. Defensive line can get to the quarterback and can stop the run. My biggest concern, and I said this last week for the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're going to see tonight because Tampa Bay is not exactly known for rushing it down your throat, to, uh, you know, so to speak. Can Philadelphia, can Philadelphia stop Baker Mayfield and this and Mike Evans through the air? That is my question because we saw we've seen a couple times through the start of the season Mike Evans, who by the way is having a monster start to the season. You can tell he really wants to get paid, and he cut off contract negotiations before the year. Mike Evans wants to get paid as everybody does, and he's proven why. The more I look at this one, I think it's gonna be a high scoring affair actually. Because uh, I don't love either defense. It's Philadelphia's defense in the first part of the season. I mean, week one, they made Mac Jones look like an NFL starting quarterback. And in week two, Kirk Cousins had a, a pretty fantastic game. It's just the turnovers that played the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think Baker's going to play well tonight. I think Mike Evans is going to make some big plays in the passing game. And when it's all said and done, I've got the Philadelphia Eagles. Now I'll take Tampa. Plus five. That says plus five and a half. They've actually altered the line. I'll take Tampa plus five and a half. But listen, Philadelphia's got the better team. They got the better roster. Uh, Jalen Hurts is, is certainly the better quarterback in this game. And Nick Sirianni, I don't know if Nick Sirianni is necessarily the better coach. His coach, you could probably say it's a wash. But uh, listen, I think I think Philadelphia's going to run it down Tampa's throat, get some big plays in the passing game. Uh, and I think Baker, listen, this Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia defense, this Philadelphia secondary, the middle of the defense in particular, has not shown they can consistently stop the pass game at a high level. I think Baker, I've never been a Baker guy, but I think he'll expose that tonight. And uh, Tampa will make it close. Philadelphia win at the end, 31-27, to but take Tampa Bay and the points. And the second game is a Super Bowl rematch with a lot of eyeballs on this one because you got the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals, two teams in very different positions than they were in when they met just 18 months ago in Super Bowl 56, I guess it was, uh, in Los Angeles, California. So, uh, first of all, uh, the Bengals are, I get, yeah, three-point favorites in this one. Joe Burrow, as we've stated throughout, as Patrick Brown mentioned in the comments, Joe Burrow is going to play tonight. He is going to suit up despite the calf injury. One positive for Joe and the Bengals that he's had an extra day to rest that calf, to get it right, to, I'm sure, treatment, uh, whatever the case would be, getting him ready to go for this massive game for the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think if L.A. loses this one, it's it's just crushing. They're done. Cooper Cup's out. Uh, listen, the Rams have shocked me thus far in terms of how good they've looked offensively despite missing Cooper Cup. Puka Nakua, this, the young rookie, is, is playing out of his mind through the first two weeks of the season. He's going to go. He's been dealing with some injuries, but he's going to be ready to go uh, tonight. Van Jefferson's looked solid. The Rams' offensive lines looked slightly better than I thought it would. And Matt Stafford, listen... Matt Stafford did just win the Super Bowl 18 months ago, so he's still a competent quarterback in the National Football League. More than, more than that, when he's at his best. As for Cincinnati, again, I think this is an elimination game for them. I think if they lose this game, their season is over, they will not make the playoffs. They can't. If you look at Cincinnati's schedule, you cannot start 0-3 uh, if you're Cincinnati. They might have the toughest schedule uh, in football moving forward because after this game, after they play the LA Rams, uh, they got at the Titans. Okay, that's kind of dicey. At the Cardinals is all of a sudden kind of a, uh, you never know. No. But they got Seattle at the Niners. They got the Bills. They got at the Ravens. Got They got my Steelers twice at the Jaguars. Um, they got the Chiefs. Their schedule, folks, is awful the rest of the season. So this is one of those games you're at home. Whether or not Burrow is healthy is going to obviously play a play huge factor in whether or not they can win this game. 
Here's my biggest concern uh, regarding this matchup, or my biggest thing I'm going to be paying attention to regarding this matchup, uh, and it's the exact, ironically, the exact same reason that in February of 2022, I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl over Cincinnati uh, coming into that week, going in that game. It's not like Cincinnati's not putting its efforts now at this point into improving the offensive line. It's just simply not good. They cannot protect Joe Burrow. Uh, it's a part of the reason. It's part of the reason that he re-aggravated the calf injury that he suffered in training camp. I think this is going to be the opportunity for Aaron Donald, who's had a quiet first couple games of the season. Uh, I think Aaron Donald's going to have a, a big time night, have a couple of sacks. Give me the Los Angeles Rams in an upset, twenty-seven to twenty over the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals drop to zero and three, and with that, the Bengals season will essentially be over. Given their schedule, uh, the Rams will get to 2-1 and one and be right in the thick of not just the NFC West race, although I think San Francisco's head and shoulders above even Seattle in that division, but they'll be right in the thick of the NFC, NFC wildcard mix this early into the season. Listen, it's Sean McVay. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that, man. He's a heck of a coach. I think Aaron Donald's going to have a big night just like he did in Super Bowl 56. Phillip says he's got the Bucks 24-23. Well, like I said, I take the take the bucks and the points. I think it's gonna be close, um, but I'm going with Philly. I just think they have the better roster. They've had extra time to prepare, and they're uh, they're more comfortable in these type of games than Tampa Bay is. Uh, certainly, Tampa Bay with without the greatest quarterback of all time. But I think we're getting two good games tonight. I think uh, as far as the Rams Bengals game, I think the Bengals are going to drive the ball down the field on the last drive, and Aaron Donald's going to make a play on Joe Burrow to in the, to to win the game. That's what I think is going to happen. There you go. Uh, John John says Philly and Cincinnati tonight. So he's going with the favorites. Uh, John, let me ask you this, John John, because I know you do your fam lines uh, every week. Do you got? Are you saying Philly and Cincinnati to win? Philly and Cincinnati to cover, or both? Or because I, I, I want to hear what John John has to say in the comments. Uh, he does say though Cincinnati needs this game bad. They they do. Like I said, I think if they lose this game, their season's over. Simple as that. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious here because because John John's usually usually right on these. Like that's that that's the guy to to go to in terms of you know what you're looking at from from a from a gambling perspective. I don't gamble. That's why the segment's called "If I Were a Bet Man." But just uh just to get some tips there. Let's see, I'm a, uh okay. John just says both. Uh, he says uh, Philly for both. He says Philly to cover and to win. So Philly for both. And he says don't bet on Cincinnati. Okay. So I guess John's saying he's taking the Rams and the points. That'd be Rams plus three, but the Bengals to win outright. Okay, I respect that. I respect that. I'll take, again, I'll take Bucks, the underdog, to, to cover, and I'll take the Rams, not just to cover, but to win outright on the road. But Philadelphia to beat Tampa Bay, though. Just want to make that clear. Has that game kicked off, by the way? Surely, I think that game's probably kicked off by now. Uh, okay, yeah, Philly's got the ball thrown 25. Okay, so 12 minutes left the first quarter. So I'm going to go and get off here. Go uh, go watch the game. Hopefully another great night of football in the National Football League. It's been very fun three weeks, no question about it. Cowboys will be fine, okay? Y'all got to chill out. Dak's going to be fine. McCarthy's going to be fine. They'll be fine. There's, a, there's always a couple of the games every year where you're confused. Like, how did that happen? And Joshua Dobbs is a starting NFL quarterback. With that said, that is all the time we have for today's show. I appreciate everybody stopping by, as always. Be sure to catch Carving Up Live on Wednesday 
at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. And be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. Helps the channel grow expon exponentially. And, of course, we're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by Super Bowl 58, which is February the 11th. So we're trying to get there. Uh, we're making some big-time progress. I think we just surpassed 270 today. So still making progress, still trying to make that jump to, to 1K by the Super Bowl. Uh, hopefully we can get there. So if you haven't subscribed, please, like I said, take two seconds out of your day and hit the big red subscribe button. If you have, we really appreciate it. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a family member to tell their niece, their nephew, to tell a friend to subscribe to Carving Up Live. And also to the Grid Network. That is GRYD, the Grid Podcast Network, right here on YouTube, as well as any and everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, any and everywhere you get your favorite podcast. We just celebrated Grid Appreciation Week uh, last week, one-year anniversary of the network, so very exciting moment for, for all of us, and can't wait to see what this next year brings, no question about it. D tune in, too, if I can get the graphic up here. Uh, I don't see, okay, I don't have it today, but tune in tomorrow night for the 8 o'clock spot at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific time uh, on the Grid Network's YouTube channel and Twitter account. Uh, we're going to be talking about all the crazy stuff in the NFL. I'm sure our panelists for that day will have a lot to say about the Cowboys, about the Dolphins hanging 70 on Denver. It'll be a fun show. Tune in tomorrow night to the best sports game show in town. I'll see y'all on Wednesday. I'll see y'all for 8 o'clock spots tomorrow night. See you on Carving It Up on Wednesday, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time uh, on YouTube and on Twitter. Have a great week, y'all. Please continue to stay safe out there. Please be sure to take care of your physical as well as your mental health. And please, please, please be sure to contact your local state representatives and senators to demand change for gun violence in America. We've got to address that. No question about it. Great night of football. We're going to talk about all of it on Wednesday. I think by then the Bengals season will be unofficially over. I'll see y'all then. Like I said, stay safe. God bless y'all. Peace out. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. And be sure to go click that big red subscribe button and check out the other clips and full shows from Carving It Up Live as well as our other incredible content creators here on the Grid Network.